we should read our Bibles. As men digging for buried treasure. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Life's a garden, man. You gotta dig it. Hello fellow treasure hunters, welcome to the excavation site. I'm Justin, alongside me we got Ben, Stephen, and Chad. We'll be your guides on this excursion. Hope you brought your shovel and your compass, because we got the map. Let's dig. What's going on, all my local guys and gals and long distance pals? We're back. Did you guys miss me? So much so so much you had a little bit of technical issues without me yeah but it wasn't because of me but i I tried to get steven to say your intro but he wouldn't do it oh you didn't want to steal my line no i I appreciate that that's yours buddy (laughs) that's patented that's you all day That's patented uh well man i'm telling you what it's like in tennessee you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that mother nature is a woman and cannot make its mind up Last week, it was like 75, 80 degrees, and then out of nowhere, it plummets to like 20. And uh, we got Steven over here, the guy from Michigan, bundled up like, uh, what's that guy's name again? Uncle... Uncle Eddie. Uncle Eddie. (laughs) Sitting next to a kerosene heater. Yeah. And it still ain't enough. Got his leather welding gloves on and everything. (laughs) Uh you guys have fun with Vicky Joy it the was other good. night? It was, it was show. Good. Despite yeah. the technical issues. It worked I'm, out. Yeah, I'm glad that all the audio and everything worked out. That's good. Uh, well, uh, I guess uh, we'll open up in prayer. Uh, Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the many blessings that you've given us. Uh, we just thank you for the opportunity to sit down and uh, dig through your word and uh, conversate with all these great guests that uh you've allowed us to speak with and uh we just pray that uh the show goes good today and that uh this is something new a little bit more light-hearted and hopefully everybody enjoys it and uh it's in your name we pray amen amen well uh one thing i was wanting to like kind of add to the show and uh make steven kind of cringe i texted him the other day i found a uh like a uh, box of uh dad jokes dad jokes and i'm like are the best jokes yeah and i'm like i'm gonna tell some corny dad jokes or something throughout the show and i found this one uh and i put a picture on facebook of all these books i just ordered there's like 10 books i got and so this one was pretty good it says i'm reading a book about anti-gravity it's impossible to put it down Jeez. <laughs> well the thing about dad jokes is you don't have to enjoy them because the person telling them, it's all about their own enjoyment of their own jokes. Pretty much, yeah. Make yep. yourself laugh. Yep. <laughs> but, but don't worry. That's I why they're corny. I won't give up my day job. But hopefully, uh, we got a guest here today that uh, will be able to succeed in making you laugh and put a smile on your face. Uh, today, we got with us uh, Brad Stein from Brad Stein Has Issues. 
and uh, the way he, uh, how you say that phrase again, Brad, when you open up your show, I love it, the concophony. Oh, well, I mean, if you really uh, would like me to give you my famous intro, it's uh, God's comic Brad Stein on Brad Stein has issues where comedy, conservatism and Christianity collide in a cacophony of clarity. And uh, I don't really know if there's any way to, to beat that. I think I have reached the pinnacle of <laughs> intros and used as many caca words as I could find. Yes, that is amazing. Uh, and I would butcher it. That's why I wanted you to do it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tongue twister. Well, nobody can butcher things like Southerners. I'll tell you that. Oh, so yeah. I'm, hey, easy now. I'm <laughs> in good hands. I'm in good hands. You can bur- butcher it, jerk it, dry it, lay it out. <laughs> barbecue it hey man that's why i moved down south i need to be with my people even though i don't have your uh, dialect yeah i was It'll watching, no, was watching no, one of your won't. videos on youtube you're talking about and it was a few years ago and it said uh you know southern people get a bad rap he said that accent he said they could be the smartest guy in the room working at nasa and he came up with an idea and it could be the best idea in the room but the dialect kills it and they're like no nah, jethro we're gonna pass on that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of comedy, you know, uh, is uh, um, its purpose is to speak truth uh, in, in a way that's humorous. And 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 of course, it, it can it it's going to use satire and, and, and stereotypes and caricatures. And obviously, it's not always dead on it. It's maybe making fun of the way people are made fun of. But it's an important and crucial um element of 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 culture and humanity is the comedian because we're supposedly historically the ones that make fun of the king and don't get our heads cut off we're the ones that tell the monarch you're no better than us and let the peasants have some kind of power and so that's what comedy was for and it's why the left is so uh destructive uh right now in not only destroying free speech in america and around the world but but comedy as well because we're the last ones that kind of could get away with murder. So uh, um, it's important uh, that you fight uh, for comics to be able to speak about anything, any topic, anytime, anywhere, any place, because if they can't speak, there's nobody left. Right. That's true. That's the end of free speech right there. Yeah. If uh, it keeps going the direction it's going, you're not going to have a job here pretty soon. I, it's just, it's so sad. We'll have to teach them how to barbecue. <laughs> think we could do that but in all seriousness though it the the you all that stuff that we've seen in the news recently with you know this comedian you know the the whole chris rock thing that we saw was just it's a travesty it's just a a jab at comedians in general and and it it's just sad it yeah it's sad that they can't even say what they want to say then they if they say it they gotta apologize which is ridiculous and that's the thing i love about his show it is so unapologetic. Uh, and the thing is that, that I, I really admire you for, Brad, is that uh, the Christian you know, group as a whole, they stay away from politics. You know, it's like, you know, that's a realm they're not allowed to dive into. It's a taboo, and we're just supposed to respect the rulers that God put in place and not speak out. And I've always been really uh involved in politics and stuff like that so uh i guess if you could just kind of walk us through how you come up with this show what inspired you to do it and 
to to feel that that need and I, actually make it entertainable. Yeah. Um, well, what happened was uh, I found myself one day surrounded by a cult that had uh, taken over my country. A cult, of course, is any uh, ideology, philosophy, uh, or construct that is outside the Judeo-Christian uh, worldview that created the West and gave us our freedom. The intrinsic dignity of the human being comes from the Judeo-Christian ethic. It comes from no other place on earth in history. And it gives us something that is more important than anything that could ever be uttered in humanity. And that is, what is the actual immutable transcendent truth by which all truth derives? So one day, as a comic, uh, I found myself um, uh, locked down and imprisoned in my own home because a cult had taken over the DNA and the milieu of my country. And that cult was called Corona. And uh, it was the use of a virus that was uh, unleashed on a, the world by China to um, basically f create fear uh, uh, amongst uh, weak-minded folks who don't think, don't care, don't study, don't go deep, don't observe, aren't aware, aren't sensitive to God and the Holy Spirit and yeah, yeah. truth and reality, and allowed uh, a bureaucratic governmental uh, totalitarian vision of, of Earth to control them. And I don't do that. <laughs> I don't believe in that. Uh, and so, but I'm kind of stuck. I mean, you know, I still went to the store and yeah, I didn't wear a mask from day one in 2020 when the rest of the cowards in America buckled. I said, I'm not doing this. This isn't constitutional. This certainly isn't. Something's wrong here. And never in our history have we punished the, 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 the healthy Mm -hmm. Never in my, our history have we shut down the free enterprise of those who choose to make their own risks and create their own risks and take their own risks as an American. Not foolish. I didn't mean being foolish. If this was the Black Plague and 65% of every human being from every age group was getting it and puking black blood and dying in the streets, yeah, I'd probably join. But if you're going to tell me that this 99.8% survival rate that's essentially only going to harm people who are over 70 years old, who are obese and have a precondition, and I'm going to destroy my freedom for that, I'm not doing it. I'm Amen. not playing. I like so um, I got on my Facebook page out of boredom. I'm, I, I thought to myself, and if you've been around long enough uh, as a Christian and as a performer, uh, you don't take your press seriously. So I'm literally thinking, I'm nobody. I'm just some guy that does comedy. I've been done with doing comedy, but I'm nobody. Um, but I'm bored. What would happen if I got on Facebook Live and just talk just for something to do? And uh, I did. Grab my little laptop. Set it on my lap, probably legitimately, uh, if not just on a little coffee table. I'm, I don't remember. And just push Facebook Live and just thought, well, maybe there'll be 
20 people that want to, <laughs> I don't know, just bored. Yeah. And I don't know, three, four, five hundred people suddenly were watching me like instantaneously. And I'm going, what is going, this is ridiculous. I was just shocked by that. I just, because I'd never used Facebook. I didn't know how it worked, frankly. I'm a techno idiot. So uh, I did it and, uh, and I just started extemporaneously talking. I didn't have any notes, didn't have any agenda. Just started talking. I don't know. Here's what I'm thinking about right now, guys. And I said, well, listen, I'll tell you what. How about I'll come back next Monday? We'll do it again. <laughs> and, I, and I did. And there was all these folks paying attention. And finally, I said, well, listen, I, I guess we're going to need to set a time frame so that we can be considered. You know, if you guys, and, 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 and from day one, uh, I made it very clear to the, to, to the people that were watching I say, listen, if you're watching me and this interests you, I'm humbled by it and grateful for it. If I have something to say you think matters, but let me make this very clear. Uh, I don't need this to feel good about myself. I've been in front of stages in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people, 10, 15,000 men in an arena, in a basketball arena when I was a promise keeper. I've been in front of uh, national television audiences. I've been in front of sold out comedy club rooms. I've had standing ovations. I don't need my ego stroked uh, to say, look, I'm on, uh, I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook and everybody's watching me on I somebody. I don't need it. I have my place. I have my stage to do the thing that I enjoy doing that God has gifted me to do and inspired me to do. So I'm not here to, to try to feel good about myself. I'm here for one reason. If what I'm saying bears fruit if what i'm saying matters to you and you feel like it helps you inspires you educates you convicts you and you know whatever if that's what it's doing so it it has some value some weight and you keep showing up i will too if because maybe there's something here that i don't even realize <laughs> is helpful to people because i don't think of myself as some kind of you know, some kind of genius or whatever. I'm not, I'm just me. But you have to realize that when God anoints you, you are who he says you are, yeah. not who you think you are. And so, you know, am I now saying, ah, oh, I see. So you're some special anointed of God. Yeah, I am actually, <laughs> but so are you. <laughs> I mean, if you know God, you're anointed for a particular territory that you've been given to be of influence. That's the point. Jesus Christ's last words to humans. Go into all the world. Make disciples of everybody. Teach them. That's it. That's your reason. You want to know what the meaning of life is? Just gave it to you. Hmm. Find God and tell others. That's it. Now you know. Yeah. How do you get that? What, what uh, uh, style of communication? What access do you have to that? What, what, how do you facilitate that? Through your skill set through your job, through your relationships. That's your territory of influence and you're responsible for it. So go do the work. So that's the way I framed it is I'll just, I'll do this if you guys think it matters. And they kept showing up and that is all I cared about. If they're, if they're there, then there's fruit. If there's fruit, it has value. I'll just accept it on that level. Now, prior to that, I'd had a guy in California was interested in uh, trying to create a, a podcast kind of Christian aggregate site. 
he called it Christian Podcast Central, and he wanted to see if he could monetize it. So he'd ask me to be on the show, and I'd say, eh, I don't want to do it. I, I, it's too hard. I'm not going to get an audience. I mean, to, to go jump into the mix of hundreds of thousands of podcasts, I, I, I'm not, I don't. I don't have that kind of, uh, uh, you know, authority that people will find me that compelling compared to the other people that are already out doing it. But eventually I told the guy, I'll tell you what, if you will film me uh, kind of going off on a rant and, and give me a set, make it look like a TV show, more like a talk show, um, I'll do that because who knows? I, I've, I've always been interested in that kind of um, style of of. of art is the talk show kind of stuff and talking and being funny off the cuff but having people on i mean i said so if you let me do that um and see if that gets anywhere then that would be worth an investment so we would get together and and i would write 20 basically organic rants about a topic i because we had to shoot them all for uh for cost sake we had to film them all in two days yeah, one sitting so i couldn't be topical i couldn't say hey today this happened i couldn't do that because we had to shoot everything and then put it out every week uh on its own so i had to make it more of just an organic topic that would be evergreen uh men and women are different marriage whatever stuff that would never change and not be specifically uh to a topic and I filmed a bunch of those, and it was called Brad Stein Has Issues mm -hmm. uh, as, as an idea. Uh, and once I went over to this podcast thing, which essentially is a Facebook Live, YouTube Live, <laughs> that's morphing into a podcast and finding a place to go put it so people can go listen to the audio on their own time. Um, I re I, it was called The Brad Stein Show, and I thought, you know what? I think Brad Stein Has Issues is a great name. Uh, it's much catchier. I, I like it. Let's just, let's just turn this little other thing that we stopped doing into my podcast name and let that be the brand. And then if people stumble upon the old rants, it'll still be in the category that they were looking in though. And it might drive people to my podcast and let's see what happens. And so obviously a very, very, very long answer to your simple question but i'm just giving the backstory as to how i ended up in this uh, podcast that i honestly did not have any intention of having i just wanted something to do and god said that nah, got bigger plans and that's how it works that's, that's <laughs> kind of how it worked for us yeah yeah us uh we we uh i had read uh Michael Heiser's Unseen Realm and uh, wanted to expose that material to uh, some friends and uh, uh, buddies at church. So I, st I started a, a small group and I invited like, you know, 10, 20 people. We had four guys show up. And then three meetings later, my buddy Steven, he's like, we should be recording these. And I was like you, I was like, man, I ain't doing that. I don't know the first thing about that. And he, he's like, well, I know a guy. <laughs> so his brother's into podcasting so we just pitched in and got the equipment and just like you said just showed up and the people showed up and god has blessed it i mean it's just yeah. it's amazing just when he calls yeah. you step forward and answer yeah if you're smart uh because uh, it, it you know it, it'll cost you if you don't people don't understand that a christians christ follows don't understand that i made a joke about it years ago uh 
I said, you know, being um, called by God is like being made in the mafia. God uses you until he kills you. Uh, and that's how it works. There is no way out. There is no way out. Mm. And you can run. And, and I was called 25 years ago and didn't answer until the last few years. Now, I was a Christian and I was doing comedy and honoring God by not cursing and not doing sex jokes and maybe using biblical references and going into churches and maybe bringing some inspirational. But just this sort of understanding that this is a ministry I've been called to and just sort of leaving the stand-up comedy world like that's who I am and say, no, this is my ministry and it's delivered in the package of comedy. That took me years to, to do because I just didn't want to. Didn't want to. Didn't want to be in ministry. Didn't want to do that. Just let me be a comic. I'll throw God a bone, but I don't want to do anything else. Uh, don't want to have any titles put on me when I'm stuck. Uh, and what I say to people is you wake up on the beach in whale vomit enough times. <laughs> I sit there thank you, just like Noah. Yeah. You say to yourself, you know what, maybe, um, maybe, I'll he- maybe I'll head to Nineveh. And so uh, that's the key. You can't get out. Now, you can run, but you, but you can't hide. And, and you can't be at peace because you're not following your purpose. And so uh, that's how it ended up with me. Every single man of God he used in the Bible of significance to do hard and important work with different people with different educations, different skill sets and whatever. But they all had one attribute in common. They were all absolutely convinced they were the wrong man for the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All broken and, people. <laughs> yeah. And the moment you realize I am the last guy you should be using for this because I know me. I know my sins. I know my dark places. I know my secret struggles. So I'm not worthy. So, nah, you really don't want to use me for this thing. And the moment you do that, God says, oh, good. So you'll get out of the way yourself so I can just move in and and work for you. Because, yeah, I don't want you to think you can do jack because you can't. Mm -hmm. That's exactly where I need you to be so that you are an open vessel for me to facilitate what I need to say through you. And so the only thing you're asked to do is obey. That's your, that's your responsibility is I'll do it. And then let the chips fall where they may, cause you're not responsible for the results. And it's difficult, especially for somebody like me who comes out of the performing arts. Um, it's difficult to assess your success because all you know is numbers. Yeah, I went to the show and 300 people showed up. Uh, I did the thing and they paid me and I went home. And people clapped and they laughed. So I guess I did it right. You don't know how else to even evaluate uh, your value. And so oftentimes in things like, like this, where God is um, starting or launching your ministry, your specific call, it starts slowly as it should you're not going to throw you right into to the to the midst with 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 all this power and authority and uh, responsibility before you've got your feet wet till you understand how to do it. I mean, you don't do that in any profession. Mm-hmm. You got to 
you got to be a, a you got to be mentored first. You you have to uh, what do they used to call it? Um, apprenticeship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yes, uh, uh, that you need an apprenticeship. That's exactly the word. I need to teach you first, and so that you so by the time you get into the war, uh, you you can defend yourself. You know, I don't want if I'm going to take a pilot is going to fly my 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 uh, plane into some jungle or some difficult place to land. I don't want a guy in a sparkling, beautiful uniform and his hat's just right. and He's got a new haircut and he just got out of his flight train. Don't want that guy. I want a guy with one eye, scars on his face, grizzled. Where, because that freaking guy has been there and he figured it out and he's gotten through hell and came home. I want him on my side. I you want Ben. Running. Yeah. What's that? You want Ben. You described yeah. Ben. Well, that's it. Well, I haven't seen Ben, but I'm guessing if he's a one-eyed, scrounchy-looking <laughs> dude. I still got yeah. both eyes. But he had I'm an eye patch on earlier. Well. <laughs> but, you know, you want to go to war with men that have been in war. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you fin if you're on a team and when the game's over your uniform is spotless that means you didn't do anything you yep. didn't play you didn't get in i don't want you i want the guy with his freaking dirt and blood and half ripped off crap that guy played <laughs> he was in a war i want that guy that's a masculine uh warrior that i need it's why it's so crucial that masculinity is uh, revered and um, lifted up in a culture that fears it. Uh, it they, they actually have the audacity for the same people trying to destroy it. Identifying, now. you know, the same people that talk about identifying as this magic word that as soon as I identify something, I magically am. And you need to respect that. You need to respect that. And you need to whether you like it or not, you whatever I say I am, you have to agree. You have to Even participate in the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to because what I identify as is my essence, and it has to be dignified. Those same people will take masculinity, which is my identity, and call it toxic. What? How dare you? I actually am a man. I actually really am. I was here first, Okay. If you can't pee on a tree, you ain't me. So you don't get to join. You don't get to play with us. Yep. We're real. We're the legit. Everything you're trying to be, I'm already am. You're trying to counterfeit what I am, and I'm already there. So I'm going to fight for those ideas. That doesn't mean that you don't uh, uh, be kind or that you can't be sensitive at times. That's part of being a man is learning how to become what you need to be for every specific moment. But the idea of someone having the audacity to, 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 to decry my very essence as masculine, as toxic, um, I, I draw my sword against such uh, nonsense. Uh, bec and why would they fear men? Because when men get together and are like-minded, all we do is create things like the United States, the Constitution, airplanes, computers, and we land on the moon. That's what we do because we're... <laughs> we're um, we're essential. We were made first, and we were created to go inhabit the earth, make more, and uh, and use the the, uh, the the raw materials God gave us uh, to uh, make the best out of the world that He gave us.
Amen. No doubt about it. I was going to say, you think you look back to the Garden of Eden and, you know, God made Adam and didn't sit there and say, well, Adam, uh, what do you feel like today? You know, you want to you wear a bikini today or do you want to, you know, wear a, you know, it just, there's no, he made man, right? And then he made woman from the rib. Yeah. Well, and like if you're talking about the garden, which is the beginning, um, notice what God said to do. He, 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 he didn't make, it wasn't a socialist Marxist arrangement. All right, I made you. Now you go sit and relax on a hammock while I feed you. He said, go tend to the garden. Mm-hmm. You got work to do. What? Yeah, no, no, you're going you're to work now. You get things to do, things to accomplish. Wait, people have to work? Yeah. <laughs> well, Unreal. Well, some of us. <laughs> Ellers, I just, Ellers just get a check. We just see that. It's just the, the, the degradation of society is just, it's one of the things that I I cannot watch the news. I just can't do it because after, I get I get angry. Oh, after I, 2020, I, I turned it off. I just get angry because you just see the degradation of society. There's a There was a, a news article that came out uh, last week, and I can't remember what state it's in. But there's a, the governor's put out a, um, a a grant for anybody who is transgender to uh, to get twelve hundred dollars a month uh, as as a and they even worded it as reparations for for all the struggles and hardships they've gone through. An actual and it doesn't and it says it was based on the uh, the honesty policy. So if you come forward, I could walk down there and say, well, I'm. I, I feel like Tina today. Well, well here's twelve hundred bucks, and that's well. the society we're in right now. And that just it, wow. It, well, what I hate honestly as a country is they incentivize ungodliness. I mean, if you think about it, with that situation you was talking about, oh, you just oh claim to be transgender, you get these government funds, and then at the same time they encourage you know broken families. A single mother gets subsidized housing, food stamps, and, and all these things. And it's like, whether, and I think it's on purpose. Oh, it's, it's to, by design. To, to, to bust up the home. And then while people that are trying to live, you know, good, whole, godly lives, getting married and creating families, you know, they don't get any support or any kind of help. And it's just, you can't, it's just a, a system that's built to to manufacture just chaos and depravity. What are you going to do about it? I mean, I don't think you can, you can do is vote, but I mean, and, and I'm being honest, and I know I shouldn't be this way. I always vote. I mean, I always vote. But it's like, honestly, with me, it's like after 2020 happened, it's like, how does a man that gets more votes than any sitting president in American history. It sells out stadiums when he speaks. Gets beat by a man with just a few thousand followers, and most of them are robots. Can't even fill a, a high school gymnasium when he speaks. Wins. Got more votes in the Obama. It's like you can't help but feel just... Like the the There's deck is stacked against you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I know, I I, but you have to vote. That's your God-given right. You know, what I mean, you have to go vote. But it's 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 frustrating at times. But I think it goes beyond that. When we're talking about what can we do 
it's it's exactly what we're doing right now. It's what it's following, like Brad said, it's following what God has you, you know, your plan, you know, that he has for you is, is reaching as many people. God didn't tell us, you know, that everything was going to be easy. And, and, and it did say at the end that Christians were going to suffer. Christians yeah. are going to be under attack. Gotta it's going to happen. The culture around you. And, it, and it's going to affect everybody around us. But what we have to do is follow through and God's calling for us. As long as we're bearing fruit, as you said, from doing what we're doing, because we're doing what God's telling us to do. The, and uh, in the end, we still win, right? We know the end of the story. We know we win. It's going to be bumpy along the road, but we got to see how many people how many people can we take with us to heaven when we when we're when we're on our way when it gets to that point when the trumpet sounds you know yep well i just made it a point when i and i've said it many times on my podcast is uh i'm not interested in a, a podcast that tells conservatives how smart they are uh there's certain formulaic rhetoric i hear all the time uh from conservatives uh podcasts like they'll bring up some story and they'll go so-and-so said boo, 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 boo. he said could you imagine what would happen if a conservative had said that like they did some insight like they had some deep wisdom and and, and they they got into the deep places look what i've discovered and then we all sit and go oh my god thank you you're right never even never even thought about compare i don't need to hear that ever again obviously Obviously, if you're a Christian conservative, you are shadow banned, you are kicked off, you are censored, you are maligned, you are attacked, you are uh, demeaned. That's obvious. Don't need to ever say it again. I'm not five. My thing is, what are you going to do about it? If you're not having every one of your podcasts with some marching orders, if not every one of them gives you some tool to take with you to the next to day two when you are done or whatever and i'm not saying i've always done it right i I don't know you know you get caught up in trying to speak to the folks that you're talking to or do the work you're doing and and uh you know i don't don't want to even turn that into a formula as well but i just can't stand whining and hand-wringing over crap we already know give me solutions what can we do? I tell people, you are the government, the United States of America. Not not Joe Biden, not Kamala Harris, not Mitch McConnell. Okay? You're not they're not the government. They represent the government, which is me, a citizen of the United States of America. I am in a republic where I vote for representatives of my voice. I voted for you to go represent me. Go talk for Brad Stein in the Senate, in the House, and tell them what I think about A, B, and C. Because that's why I'm, you just represent, you don't rule me, you represent me. So we're, we're living, you know, in a, in a culture um, that so many of Americans, and they proved it with the greatness of, the great result of Corona, was it exposed so much it helped us get some clarity i now know how many americans are fools i now know how many americans don't treasure liberty i now know how many americans 
don't care about the First Amendment and especially religious liberties. I know how many Americans are cowards. I now know how many Americans will turn on me when they're supposed to be a fellow citizen. I know how now which fellow Americans can be recruited to go to Auschwitz and be a guard like happened to German citizens. I see it all now. Those who wore masks, it doesn't matter how many times, the, and it's all come out now, it didn't work, didn't help, didn't change. They're wearing a mask like a rabbit's foot to pretend that they've done so. I mean, I'm looking at American citizens who are like children begging the government which is so corrupt in the United States that I don't, I, I vote only out of my own dignity of, of, of autonomy. I don't trust any of them. I, I, I find the Republicans more despicable than the, than the Democrats by far because the Democrats um, have completely given their party over to the left and they're demonic. There is no, it's the most demonic ruling class I've ever seen in my country. Let's butcher babies uh, up until the second before they're born. And if they are born and you went for abortion, we'll leave them to die. This is demonic. This is Moloch. This is sacrificial yes. children. Mm -hmm. This is evil. Uh, men and women uh, are, are not different. If you say magically you're a, you're a woman, you say you're a man, you are. It's just making crap up. It's so absurd. You couldn't even made a movie as surreal as this, and yet it, it literally it that nothing could be more perfectly de, uh, illustrate the Democratic Party than the fact that their champion is uh, Fetterman and Joe Biden, two men who have actual brain damage as their heroes. We will vote. This isn't hyperbole. It's not right wing rhetoric. It's not some Republican maligning the, the Democrat. Fetterman had a stroke. He has brain damage. And they voted for him to lead them. What? I can't write a punchline that, that good. You have demonstrated this is what represents the way Democrats think. People with brain damage are our rulers. Well, do you really think that the American people are honestly that that stupid, or the system is that corrupt? In your opinion, both. That's I was okay. Say that's both. what I was about to say. Yeah, the yeah. the system is corrupt. Kerry Lake was stolen from. Oh yeah, uh, John uh, Bush uh, uh, Bush um, Trump. Uh, obviously, his election was stolen in yeah. twenty twenty. Uh, all of that is true. Uh, and Carrie Lake, I was so proud. I would listen to this woman speak and the way she attacked political correctness, which is what I was interested in with, with Trump. When people would ask me back in the day before he was even the representative of the Republican Party, what did I think of him? I said, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he'll be a good president or not. Here's what I do know. Uh, he's a businessman. And maybe what we need right now is a businessman because he will make the cuts that are necessary for the federal deficit that has to be fixed. He'll do that. Businessmen don't give a crap whether you get your feelings hurt. Businessmen don't give a crap whether uh, somebody's going to be displaced. They'll say, look, this isn't profitable. 
We have to slice A, B, and C. Yeah, well, what am I going to do? I don't know. Good luck. Anyways, next. Hey, you're being insensitive. Screw you. Next. It's like, holy crap, this is who we need. Mm-hmm. We need that guy who simply stands on principle. Uh, is he a, a, a good moral guy? No. No, he isn't. Either am I. Yeah. So uh, uh, I voted for him because I thought, well, maybe he'll go in. He, I, 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 I presumed he wouldn't be controlled by lobbyists because he already has money. He already has power. He already has fame. So a lot of the things that are used to these to this first year senator or congressman that can be used to entice them and control them and, 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 and get them into your grid um, isn't going to necessarily move him because he's already got everything that they usually use to to <laughs> to uh, to to uh, control you. He already has it. So I felt like maybe this monkey wrench in this broken system will shake things up, which is exactly what he said he was going to do. I'm going to drain the swamp. Well, boy, boy, did we see what the swamp does when it's being exposed. And so um, I I appreciated that he wasn't politically correct. I appreciate that he's spoken. You know, when people ask me about um, Corona um, and what, how I handled that as a performer who needs a live audience, that's how I make my livelihood. Well, I said, well, first thing I did is I went to, I went looking for states that I knew wouldn't play this game. I went to Idaho. <laughs> I went to sort North Dakota. I went to South Dakota. Some of the southern states kind of, um, you could depend on a little bit. They still kind of got nervous and scared as well. But obviously, there were blue states you didn't have a shot. They were full totalitarian. But I didn't care. I don't. I don't care if I go to California. I wanted to go where people wanted to hear what I had to say and be enthused by it and be inspired by it. I actually have a video of me in Chicago O'Hare Airport in 2020. I filmed myself with no mask. I wouldn't wear a mask. Walking <laughs> to Chicago, up and down. This is 2020, before people started getting the balls to set back a little bit. And, that, and most of them didn't do that till after everything was over and after all the data come in and after it was safe to stand up for things. I did it when it mattered, when it cost you something. Why, because I'm a hero? No, because I'm American and I'm a Christian. That's why, because I put my money where my mouth is. And when I was walking down there and put my phone up and you could see all the people behind me with their masks on, I was naive enough to believe that people, American citizens in that airport would look at me, not all of them, not most of them, but some of them, would look at me and go, damn it, he's right. Poof. No, this can't be the way we do this. I literally believe that's what would happen. I would inspire somebody to say, you know what, he's right. The emperor's naked. He's right. Because we all love those stories until it costs you something. Yeah. You love those stories until you're the guy all by yourself. And that's where I saw the ballest cowards of Americans. And it broke my heart because I realized we can't survive as a nation because the Revolutionary War Americans, the Civil War Americans, the World War One and Two Americans, uh, the, the uh, two, 2001 uh, uh, bring down the towers, Islamic terrorism, Americans, those who showed uh, unity and a desire for freedom in America and liberty as more sacrosanct than your little feelings or your 
your free, your, your, your not freedom because you're giving that away, your ability to just sort of go about your business without ever having to sacrifice anything. Those people that are necessary for this country to continue, they're gone. They're gone. And I'm not going to sit and talk about it anymore. I'm looking for warriors who want to fight and do something about it. That's what I'm doing. And if you're a Christian and you're giving me your freaking rhetoric, uh, I'm not interested in you. You go live by yourself. You go find your own church. I'm fighting with real men who have real swords and real, and that's the sort of spirit, the sort of the, the word of God, the sort of truth. When people would ask me, aren't you supposed to be the best citizen as a, as a, a, a Christian? Yeah, I am. But you know what? There are some things that are sacrosanct. There are some areas of biblical aspect of foundational truths that will never change. Jesus Christ was sinless. Jesus Christ was born a virgin. He died uh, and rose again bodily. He uh, is the only way to get to heaven. There are certain things that are the principles of Christianity that will never change or be altered at all. But there are some times in living your Christian life that things are gray, where we're not sure what to do. There isn't some obvious answer. So I said, I do know what I can do, though. There is one principle of Christianity that I know I can rely on when things are like this, where we're not sure exactly how to navigate this. And that's this. The single, if somebody were to ask me, give me, give me Christianity in one word, what would you say? I said, truth. That's it. If you are my president, if you are my governor, if you are my mayor, if you are my school board uh, supervisor, if you are my neighbor, if you are my parents, if you are my family, and you believe I should do A, B, and C to be a good citizen, to be a good American, to all work together, we're going to beat this. It's based on one idea. Is the information you're giving me based on truth or lies? And if it's a lie, I reject it. I will not live by a lie because Satan is the father of lies and Jesus Christ is truth, period. Yeah, I'd say you look at it the way from exactly what you're saying is you can you can resist and be a christian you can you can show that you think about jesus in the temple flipping tables that's what i was righteously yeah, yeah. righteously yeah, the time and a place and, for everything and if it's the truth it's not always kind it's not always what they want to hear well i've used that analogy when i've spoken at men's events i said if i if i went into my room grabbed a stick attached leather frongs to it, came into your church, started swinging it around to people, turning over your table with your DVD merchandise and your bookstore. What would you call that? Because there's a legal term for it. It's a sold battery. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. It's destruction. If you are swinging towards someone, trying to harm somebody, that's assault. Most people would consider that a sin. Yep. Jesus did that. Mm-hmm. So we have two choices now. <laughs> Either Jesus sinned 
which means he's not God, and you and I are wasting our time on this podcast as we speak. Amen. Or sin isn't always what we have been told it is. And you better figure that out because there is such a thing as rage and anger and violence, which is out of control, undisciplined, inappropriate behavior. But there's another side to the coin that I love about my rule book for life, which is the Bible. It literally tells us how the world got started, where it went wrong, and how we fix it. It literally exposes the world to those who seek to understand how it works. And it said this, be angry, sin not. Oh, so there is a delineation. And where does that fall? What category gives us that permission? There's the most beautiful word given to us in the Bible. It's called righteous indignation. Mm -hmm. You are allowed to fight for righteousness against injustice, against evil. We read these stories in the Bible and we forget these were real. David and Goliath, we've read a million times. He killed a guy. He threw a straw. And then, by the way, cut his head off. Yeah, cut it off. Cut his head off. Oh, hey, David, ha ha. He came. Yeah, it's not so fun when we've watched Christians in the last 10 years have their heads cut off by Islamic terrorism. It is about as brutal and evil as it gets. When you see what it really is, it ain't funny. It's not flippant. It's not trivial. It's pretty raw and rugged and dark. God said, that's a story I want to tell. My guy cut his head off. I got a story to tell. My guy who I love had sex with another man's wife and then killed him. Why did he tell that story? Don't tell that story. That's not going to make us look good. He said, no, no, no. I need you to know what I have to work with when it comes to redeeming this nation that you screwed up in the first place. God made the rules. We broke them. And then he had the audacity to say, don't worry, I'll fix it for you. I'll make, I'll make a way out. I'm not going to get rid of you all. I'm going to find a way for you to maintain this beginning uh, of, of what I wanted it to look like, what I wanted it to be, and I'll do the work for you. I'm going to punish myself with the punishment that I created that was for those who, who fell, those who disobeyed. I'm going to punish myself with a punishment I created. There's no love like that in human. There's nothing like it. There's no other equivalent philosophically. There's no equivalent in any other religion. There's no other equivalent in any other mythology. There's nothing like it. You know why? Because it's true. Mm. Which I just recently read a book, and it, uh, I can't remember the name of the author, but it was called More Than a Carpenter. And it mm. was produced like in 1970. That's uh, Josh McDowell. Yeah, such a great book. And I loved, uh, at the end of it, he used an analogy, and he was talking about, you know, Christ and stuff, and it was along the lines of what you were talking about. And it said, uh, he told a story about this girl. She got a speeding ticket. 
So she goes to court, and the judge asked her how she pleaded. She pleaded guilty. The judge slapped the gavel and charged her a $200 fine, and then the judge removed his uh, garments and come down from the uh, the podium and uh, paid for the ticket. And it said it turns out that that judge was the father of that daughter. And it said he used that as an analogy with God. He said, you know, we were guilty, and we had a price to pay. But our Heavenly Father took off his heavenly robe, came down to earth, and paid our fine for us. Because he's a just God, he has to keep you know, his name holy and, and, and yeah. show that he is just and follow the rules. But he lowered right. himself and took care of it for us. I, I love that. That was such a beautiful a analogy. Good, it is. Well, it's, it's like I said, I think we, we you know, and I, I don't uh, uh, know exactly everything you guys talk about on your podcast, but what you prefaced it with, it sounds like you, you try to go pretty deep and you try to get to the, uh, to the really essentials and the sophisticated nuances of, of uh, Christianity, which is difficult. I mean, yeah. it's a long journey and it's a hard journey and you can even have dis disagreements or different interpretations of certain ideas. That's just the, the, the nature of being flawed people trying to figure out perfection. But, you know, Jesus was man and God, uh, but in the only way he could pay the price is because he was uh, a, a human that was perfect so that he could be a, a, a sacrifice that was spotless. I mean, that's part of that. But he was also God. Yeah. And so he willingly gave up his right to defend himself and to destroy those who were trying to harm him um, out of love. But I think what, what I think we forget sometimes is we look at the humanity of Christ, which we should, and that he was human, which we need to, because it, it's the only way this sacrifice worked. But we forget he was also God, which means when he died, and I'm not sure how this works, God died. God died. What? Now, because we believe in a trinity, God was always there. But this aspect of God that he used to be a, 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 an arm of his interaction with his creation, the Jesus, who was the only flesh, God the Father isn't flesh, he's spirit. But the Holy Spirit, obviously, is a spirit. Here comes the one guy that had access to it who dimensionalized himself so we could see him. Everybody's always complaining, well, if I could just see God, then maybe I'd believe. Okay, go read the Bible. Yeah. He showed up. It's the only way you can see of spirit is if he's not a spirit. He's flesh now. Now you got what you asked for. But I just, when I think about the idea of, of the death of God, it's mind-boggling. It's like he... <laughs> And only in the Christian system, because of the tri triunal uh, uh, format, could that happen. Uh, that that God's love was so beyond our understanding that he creates the system, he creates the punishment for breaking the system, and then he punishes himself for the system he created and, and dies. I, I, I can't I can't I can't put my mind around that 
God was dead and then God resurrected. God, that man in man was there too. I get it. Don't get all weird and legalistic. I'm just making a point about this, the depth of nuance to this faith that we've committed our lives to, which is also uh, a juxtaposition of, of spirit and, and, uh, and material. Because he said, faith is the substance, material, mm -hmm. of things hoped for, immaterial. Evidence, material, of things not seen, immaterial. He gives us answers to this question that we can't really articulate. That the immaterial and the material work is one in the Christian analysis of how humans uh, interact. We have a spirit and a body it's a it's it no other religion has figured this out as to what is really going on and the sophistication of it and the um the mind-boggling um means by which god has revealed himself to us starting with jews starting with israel I'm going to start with a people that I've chosen, not because they're better than anybody else. I just wanted to have one people who are going to be so meticulous about writing down their lineage that you would have actual records of people who actually existed. It's not Thor. It's not Zeus. It's not Saturn. It's a real guy named Papibathai who begot Susubago. And it's like, what are you writing all this crazy? I read the Bible once. I don't know if you guys have probably done this. If you read through the Bible one year, I remember going, ah, I did that years ago. I said, like, I'm going to do that again. A couple of years ago, I said, I'm going to read through the whole Bible. And I remember thinking, oh, crap, I'm going to get into Deuteronomy. I'm Numbers. Into <laughs> oh, crap, this is going to kill me. And I remember thinking to myself, but you know what? If that's in the Bible, it's important. God wanted it there. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I'm going to read it. And I literally would read every guy, instead of skimming over it, I'd read every guy's name, trying the best I could to, to, pronounce, to it. pronounce it, you know. <laughs> But Imagine I our struggle. Yeah. yeah with, our, with our redneck well, yeah. accents. Let alone that and, and, and not having teeth. But the thing is. Hey, uh, easy, easy. They're fake. But, They're fake. But, uh, yeah. but the fact that I had to, um, the, the fact that I chose to read because I feel, well, if God wrote it down, then I'm going to give this guy, this man that I've never met uh, thousands of years ago, his dignity by saying his name. I literally said all this stuff to myself. And I read it, and when I read it, assuming that there was a reason it was there because God put it there, I began to understand why, why was he this boring and academic? And I realized because he wanted you to know these were real people. Yeah. This was a real guy who really existed, who had this son. And he was a real guy who had this son. So we have the documentation the analytics, the data that no other religion has to give a through line as to how God got here. And there's a story that you can watch so that you get what you want, atheist. I want proof. Look at this. Show me another book that was written uh, that has 66 different letters from 40-something different guys over 1,500 years that when put together makes one story. Show me any other book that's even close to that. Show me. Does that make it the Word of God? No. Nope. 
it makes it so unique. You ought to give it a listen. You ought yeah. to give it a look-see. Certainly interesting. Changed the West, created modern science, created universities, created hospitals, created the dignity of human beings, ended slavery, made women equal to men, made children to be protected, did things that said that there's no ethnicity that's superior. It got rid of race and actually said there, there is no race, this is the human race. It's the only religion in human history that actually got through the CRT that we're just seeing, the nonsense, the Marxist cancer that's destroying America right now because it's Marxism and it's atheism and it's, and it's demonic uh, cancer of communism. Uh, well, we already figured that out when 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 the Bible said there's no male or female, no bond or free, no Jew or Gentile. He already figured out. Ah, Bible says there's no male or female. See, he's non-binary, right? There's I've no there's that. no gen, there's no uh, a gender, right? He said no, no, no. There's male, female. What he said was you no longer identify as that as the primary source as to who you are. You honor your maleness. You honor your femaleness. We know that's the way it's designed because every single LGBTQ person that's ever existed on the face of the earth came into existence because a male-female had sex. So we know that must be the way it works because that's how you guys all came into existence. So that's the principle. That's the foundation that makes humanity work. And God said, love your femininity. I made it unique. Love your masculinity. I made it unique. Honor it. Come together. Be one. But you are not to be identified by your gender, but by a child of the living God. There is no bond or free. Oh, I see. So there's no class system in your world. That's right. Rich guys, uh, if you've been rich, be grateful for it and take care of those who are poor. Poor guys, do your best to get out of it. But by the way, you don't get to complain or covet this guy's stuff. Go live the best you can because you're no longer identified by your class because there is none. You're a child of the living God. Oh, and there's no Jew or Gentile. You no longer get to identify by your culture or by your ethnicity. You are grateful for it. You say, I'm, I'm glad that my people came from this difficult thing. I never want to forget that story. Never want to forget that story because it teaches me how to work through hard things. And I should be proud of that. And look what I've overcome. And what can my people did? Yes, be proud. Be proud. You don't identify as that. You're a child of the living God. You do those three things. Guess what? There is no more racism. There is no more sexism. There is no more inequality. Will we ever get there? No, no, we're sinners. We're pride-filled. Number one sin, pride. The only sin that matters, pride. The original sin, pride. The sin that God says he hates the most, pride. Why? All sin comes from pride. All sin comes from pride. All sin comes from pride. I will be God. Yeah. So that is where we're at in America. The problem in America churches and i always always differentiate american christianity from any other because let me tell you something my brother christians in china aren't wondering if uh it's difficult because uh, somebody called them a name on facebook yeah that ain't their biggest problem nope and the afghanistani christians that stayed in afghanistan after biden cowardly bailed out there in the catastrophe that is everything that man touches they stayed because they said, who's going to be amongst my people? Yeah, they knew the cost. That's Christian. Amen. That's what it looks like. But the problem in American Christianity is that most people that go to churches aren't believers. 
too many churchgoers, not enough Christians. Because A, if you really believed Jesus was God, if you really believed God was here, why wouldn't you tell people? Well, I'm embarrassed. Then you don't get them. You don't deserve them. I wonder if you're one of us. Well, somebody might be offended. Yeah. You know why they're offended? Because you've exposed their sin. And that offense is the Holy Spirit's means to draw them to repentance. So for all of you politically correct, woke, progressive, deconstructing Christian heretics who are loving people and not forcing them to deal with the choices in their life, you're loving them right to into hell. And your lack of wanting them to feel their distress is literally eliminating the Holy Spirit's access to their soul so they can convict them and bring them to repentance. You are going to stand in front of God and say, let me tell you the things I did in your name. And God's going to mm. say, I wanted to ask you about that. How dare you use my name? Go to hell. Mm, powerful. That's, yeah. That little, was a little uh, pain now. I don't know if you were called to be a, later. I don't know if you're called to be a, a comedian or a preacher, because that was spot on. I, I gave me a little chills there by the yeah. end. But I think the number one thing coming out of that, and, and this is to everybody out there who's actually listening to this, what are you going to do about it? Like, what is all of our roles? Everybody needs to look in the mirror and, and say, am I doing what God wants me to do? Pray about it. Read the Bible. Listen to God. You know, so many people pray about those things, and they, they, they pray, oh, man, I really I just want to— Give me a raise so I can get that new car. Give me that. No. Pray for what God wants in your life and then listen. Most and people obey. who pray, most people who, who pray don't take the time to listen either. But in the end, when we get through all this and we look at the news and we look at how terrible everything is, what are you going to do about it? I will say this. Uh, you... Obviously, we'll have people that will hate um, you if you uh, bring up their uh, choices in life. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, they will. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, um, how do you know if you're a believer, right? I mean, it, because I'll tell you this, my friends, the, I, the, the days of uh, bow your head, close your eyes, uh, say a little prayer, uh, raise your hand if you did, but don't worry. Don't worry. Everybody's eyes are closed and their heads down. So they won't see you because we don't want to embarrass you. Yeah. What? And You're about to give your life over to the God. That, that, so yeah. when God died for you, when God died for you and came back to life so that you could have eternal life, and you're about to say thank you for that, and I humbly say thank you for that in front of a bunch of people who've already done that. You're embarrassed? Don't accept Christ. Go find. Go be a Buddhist. Go be something else. But if you're embarrassed, you don't deserve him. 
Yep. And I can, get, I can pretty much tell you that ain't going to get you saved anyways. The prayer isn't the magic. The Bible's constantly replete with, what is your fruit? Is this guy has no fruit? How am I supposed to assess something that's happened to them? I don't know what God does. Maybe he lets everybody in, guys. I don't know. That's not what I see. That's not what I see. I see a God that expects us to stand for things. That is his principles. If you think this is true, then live like it. Prove it. But here's the thing. Just to give you a little encouragement. Yeah, you'll have people that will hate you. That's for sure. Jesus promised that. Matter of fact, it's a good checklist. Yeah. Was I, was I a jackass to that guy? I was. And he hates me? Yeah. That's on you. You were a jerk. Did I speak truth and he hated me? Yeah. Okay. Well, Jesus said, don't worry. They, hate, they were hating me, not you. You did your job. That's how you know you're one of mine. They will hate you for speaking truth. Not for being a jerk. They'll hate you for speaking truth. But just to let you know, there will be some others out there who will be so grateful that you gave them the rules because they don't know what to do, especially young men, young women growing up in this, this postmodern, um, uh, um, post-truth generation, what they're really begging for when they're out marching for their rights and their uh, equity and everything. What they're really saying is, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the truth, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. How do I live my life? What is the meaning of all of this? That's what they're asking for. Yeah, they're lost. And so some of them, when you speak these truths, are going to say, tell me more. Show me how to come Brad, this has been a really a riveting awesome. conversation. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us. And uh, this has just been, uh, which I mean, I was already looking forward to this. Uh, I love your stuff. Uh, but this was even uh, better than I was thinking, and I really appreciate it. Above and beyond. Well, thank you. But you know what? Um, we're all in the same boat. We're all a, a body. Yeah. And we all have a piece of the puzzle. God told me many years ago, he said, I'm going to have you speak to the church. I'm a prophet to the church. That's what he told me. I was not signing up for that, guys. <laughs> I, give you that, <laughs> I give you that. I give you that word. And it was years ago. I, would, I was embarrassed to say that because it sounded so uh, ostentatious and absurd and egotistical. It was embarrassing. And finally, I realized I'm not allowed to call what God has anointed anything less than what he's decided it is. So when I, if I say I'm a prophet of the church, it's not because I'm thinking I'm a, some amazing guy. It's simply the title God gave me, like yours is whatever yours is. If you're a pastor, that was your calling. It's just what it is. That, he said there'll be pastors and prophets and teachers and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, I'm not an evangelist. I, I care about the lost, but it's not my call. My call is to the church to let them know we need real Christians that are all in. There's no more time for games. Lukewarm makes God puke. But hot, hot, committed Christianity has a shot of a third great awakening in this nation. And until I'm dead, I'm going to believe for that. And if you guys want to come alongside and assist me, we got each other's back. Listen, God wins every time. Yes, amen, every time. 
Well, Brad, uh, before we uh, close out, uh, you want to give everybody your information, uh, your website, and where to find sure. you and stuff? Bradstein.com. The last name is Stein. is S-T-I-N-E, like fine wine. It's an odd <laughs> spelling. It's not E-I-N or I-E-N-E. S-T-I-N-E. Bradstein Has Issues is on every uh, Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard on YouTube or on Facebook. And then uh, I think I'm on other platform, you know, podcast platform for later. Uh, but it's always archived, so you can watch it. Uh, this Monday, I don't know when yours, when this airs, uh, but um, if it's soon, uh, this Monday, I'm actually, my interviews with uh, NBA Hall of Famer John Stockton. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah. So that's who my interviews with about mask mandates and vaccine mandates because he stood up against that and he lost his season tickets to Gonzaga because he wouldn't wear his stuff. So uh, you that's sure who it I'm... wasn't you sure it wasn't because of them shorts he was wearing? Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, uh, but anyways, God is opening up doors for me in that regard. So if this is of interest to you guys of what I'm doing, what I stand for, I, it's not what they expect. They think it's going to be funny because they think of me as the comic. That's what they see. But God said to me, that's just your delivery system. Yep. That's just your delivery. So that's just the flavor it comes in, but you have a bigger thing to say. So that's where I'm at. Go to bradstein.com to find uh, touring. And if you're a church uh, or somebody that would like to bring me in and do some comedy in the Stand for Truth, um, just get the uh, connect uh, button and uh, send me a note, and uh, I'll be happy to come over. All right, thank you, Brad. Appreciate it. Appreciate God bless it. you, boys. Thanks, you got, guys. Have a good one. Guys, thanks for tuning in. That was a very uh, pleasant surprise, and hope to see you next time, and keep digging. We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at thedig423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at The Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. you got to dig.